Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I got my man Ghost here with me and we are looking ahead to the 8-5 NBA slate on Thursday. Ghostman, how you doing? I'm doing well, Michael. Yourself? Oh, it's it's Wednesday. Wednesday. 8-5 is Wednesday. I guess I was doing pretty well, but here we are. Uh, 23 seconds in. Can't even figure out my days, but that's fine. I, I'm okay with this kind of Groundhog's Day because I get NBA all friggin' day, and I've just been watching it constantly. You know, sometimes it's on mute because I'm on phone calls or my fiance's on phone calls, but man, I've been watching all of it. It was great watching the Bucks lose, watching the Heat do what they're doing right now, and Kelly Olenek, if anyone was paying attention yesterday, our man Ghost may have called Kelly Olenek having a monster game, and he is absolutely in the process of having a monster game, so we're excited to see what he <laughs> ends up with, but we're very, very excited about that. But as I said, we're here for the 8-5 slate. I got that part right, but it is the Wednesday eight five slate so we are going to be looking ahead we got six games again which is going to be a lot of fun we're starting to see a bunch of teams start to play back-to-backs so this is going to take a little bit more effect we're starting to also unfortunately see a lot of injuries uh jaron jackson jr for the memphis grizzlies unfortunately is out again which kind of well now he tore his meniscus i think which really sucks man you never want to see that especially in like this weird hey you get eight games just stay healthy kind of thing and unfortunately it did not happen, but we'll be excited to see him next year. I can promise everybody that him and Jar are going to be a force for a while, so we're excited for that. But, Ghostman, let's um let's hop into this a little bit. Let me pull up our screen here so that we can see. And there we go. I figured it out. I've only been doing this thing for like six, seven months <laughs> now. So, as we can see, we have a bunch of games here. Memphis, Utah, Philly, Washington, Denver, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and the Lakers, Toronto, and the Magic and the Brooklyn Nets, the winners of the Brooklyn Nets versus Milwaukee Bucks game going up against the Boston Celtics. So as we did yesterday, we're pretty much just going to run right down these games. Ghost is going to give you some great plays from each of them. We're going to look at some of the top guys. We're going to look at some value. Then we're going to see if there's any punt plays. But we always like to look at those Vegas totals and those odds to see what they think. Because let's be honest, Ghost. They're much smarter than us. And there's really nothing we can do about that. So this first game, Memphis-Utah starts at 2 35 Eastern time has a total, a over under of 225. And the Utah Jazz are favored by it looks like about four to four and a half points. So, Ghostman, let's just pop this game on right here. Wh- where are you looking in this game? As I said, Jaron Jackson Jr., unfortunately, is injured. He will be out. So, what does that mean when we're starting to look at some plays here? Um, so, uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was just the game environment. Uh, of, of this game, you'll you'll see that uh, our, our whole NBA team over at Win Daily Sports really cares about uh, things such as uh, teams' defensive rating, their offensive rating, and most notably uh, the the pace at which both of these teams play. And uh, typically, Utah over the years, uh, in, including this season, have been uh, a bottom ten team in the NBA in terms of pace ranking, meaning they don't exactly like to run the floor all that quick. They like to slow the game down. And, re- and really uh, handle their possessions carefully, move the ball around and utilize the full shot clock if they can. But whenever they're in uh, what, what we call pace-up spots where they're facing a team that's, that's not only uh, playing at a faster pace than them, but most notably in the top 10, like a team like Memphis, Utah actually plays more into the opposing team style than they do towards their own. Uh, most notably centering their offense as usual around uh, star guard Donovan Mitchell. So... He's the guy that likes to get up and down the court uh, with extreme speed and uh, look for Utah and Memphis to really push the pace in this one. So 
uh, that it, this is definitely going to be a game where uh, typically I like to not favor the early games too, too much, depending on the slate. Uh, I know a lot of ownership tends to flock towards the, these early games. People like to see their, their lineups in the green right away, right? So uh, uh, ownership is typically heavier on early games than the later ones, no matter what the slate is. But uh, this is a slate where you're definitely going to want action on this game. And it starts right at the top. You got Ja Morant going up against Donovan Mitchell. Um, specifically for DraftKings, uh, Ja is a little bit expensive now. Um, he's no longer in the price range where I feel, uh, I don't want to say extremely comfortable, but rather comfortable playing him, uh, sitting at like in between seven, seven and a half thousand. Uh, he still has that potential to hit, uh, not only six times his value, but even seven, eight, if he's closer towards $7,000, mm-hmm. but sitting at 8,000, he's not the, the player like. Like what we saw Luka Doncic do, dropping uh, 30, 20, and 10 there. And mm. he's not going to eclipse that 70-point mark or, or really take our, our lineups all the way to the top. So I would rather pivot towards uh, the star guard of the Utah Jazz uh, for $500 cheaper, that being Donovan Mitchell. Um, Jean Moran will most likely accumulate more assists, uh, maybe even pick up a steal or two more, but... Uh, defensive stats are a little bit less important on DraftKings than FanDuel. Uh, they're they're worth a point less. I mean, two points for a steal is still two points, so obviously you can't take them out of consideration altogether. But uh, Donovan Mitchell is a guy that's uh, that's typically a player that's that's scoring dependent, and in order for him to hit his ceiling, he's gonna have to score a ton. But this is exactly the type of matchup that uh, that he's able to do that in. And then, uh, so right at the top, it starts with John Donovan Mitchell. And then uh, our, our value play here in this game is going to be Brandon Clark. Um, expect some uh, extremely high ownership on Brandon Clark tomorrow. Um, all, all, already with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. out, uh, he, he's going to be popping uh, no, no, matter, no matter where you're looking. And uh, even before JJJ was out, Brandon Clark was drawing ownership simply because uh, Jonas Valanciunas has seen his minutes decline a bit. So uh, now, now that uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is confirmed out with that torn meniscus, Brandon Clark will most likely be the one to to see the not only the bump in minutes, but he'll most likely get to start alongside J-Val. So uh, he, he's definitely a great value piece, not only for your cash games, but GPP as well. I love it. I love it. And it's always good. We need to have those value plays because that's that's the way we fit all those expensive guys in, as we'll see. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid, not too cheap. We'll see what happens with the Lakers game, but uh, yeah. that Boston game as well in Toronto, I'm sure those guys are going to be priced up a little bit. So a couple really nice plays there. Uh, take advantage of them because, again, Ghost is uh, he's usually pretty right when he does this stuff. So let's hop over to the Philly and Washington game. We have the 76ers. I guess technically on the road against the Washington Wizards. <laughs> they are currently favored by 10 and a half points. So Vegas thinks this game is going to be a blowout, but the over under of 233. So a little bit higher than that first game there for us. So how do you think, again, you know, with a 10 and a half point uh, uh, favorite, with, as you said, some of these early games are going to get a little bit higher ownership. How do you see this one playing out? And who are some of the guys that you're really looking to uh, punch into a couple lineups here? Uh, the, the spread doesn't worry all that, uh, doesn't worry me all that much, uh, simply because, uh, I believe Philly's sitting in that six seed, uh, at, uh, right this second and they're, uh, they're chasing for that five spot. I mean, obviously like, like what you said, there's no home court advantage, so it doesn't really matter whether they get five or four in this case, but, uh, I, I definitely think, uh, they rather see the Boston Celtics than they would the Miami heat. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to be keeping a, a close eye on, uh, 
on the matchups that are going on uh, as we speak. But uh, Philly's in a smash spot here. Uh, every single game that Washington has played in this season, the over-under has been one of, if not the highest on the entire NBA slate. And uh, it, it's absolutely no different uh, here on this one, right? So uh, right at the top, Joel Embiid is by far the guy that you want out of this game. Uh, 10400 is a pretty penny to pay. But again, uh, I, I think Philly kind of experimented with the whole uh, let's space the floor out and run our offense through guys like Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, uh, even uh, Shake Milton got uh, more touches than I was comfortable with given the level of exposure that I had uh, to Joel Embiid when they played San Antonio the other day. But uh, it, it simply didn't work out for them. They looked awful. I mean, Ben Simmons is uh, is not a guy that's a spot-up shooter, to say the least, if I put it into uh, into kind terms uh, yeah. here. But, um, I mean, Tobias Harris can uh, can shoot the rock pretty well and Shake Milton as well. But Al Horford is not uh, the Al Horford that he once was in Atlanta and uh, and even in Boston, right? So. Uh, they they kind of had some uh, some experiment going on last game where whenever Jakob Polo was on the floor, they would throw Embiid out there and uh, Greg Popovich, coach of the San Antonio Spurs, was doing the same thing. And Embiid just absolutely smashed him. I mean, I'm pretty sure he put up, uh, I think it was 50-something FanDuel points in, uh, in, in under 30 minutes played, right? So he's a guy that's going to get you over 1.3, 1.4, some nights even 1.5, fantasy points per minute here and he's a guy that screams efficiency right so as long as he's going to see the floor uh he's a guy that's that's going to be in a smash spot in almost uh, every matchup he's virtually matchup proof and there's absolutely no chance that guys like Rui Hashimura and Thomas Bryant even Mo Wagner off the bench are going to be able to to guard Joel Embiid I mean they're no uh they're no Rudy Gobert in the paint uh with with, with no disrespect over to that Washington front court of course um, so Joel Embiid is going to be the guy that I'm targeting here, hoping that uh, the organization kind of figured it, figures it out that we have one of the best players in the league on our roster and it's about time that we start uh, mm-hmm. playing him 34, 36 minutes a night and running our offense through him. Um, in terms of a value play, uh, Shake Milton is a guy that has, has been getting the start but hasn't really been doing all that much with it. Um, I, I, I was high on him uh, coming into... Uh, the NBA bubble that we have the pleasure of now watching every day, like like what you said during the day. So, um, but he he just hasn't done as much as I would like him to do uh, with all the minutes and all the touches that he's getting. So I'm actually going to go a little bit lower here and go to one of my favorite targets in Ish Smith. So Ish Smith is sitting there at 4,800. Um, I'm not sure if it's uh, purely from an analytical standpoint or whatnot. If FanDuel and DraftKings both know something that we don't. But Ishmith's price uh, refuses to come up, whether that means that he's starting like he was last game or he's putting up uh, five, six, seven times his value off the bench like like what he typically does. His price is always sitting there around $5,000. And and at $4,800, it, it, it kind of sucks that he's not dual guard eligible, meaning you could mm-hmm. play him at point guard and shooting guard. But he's a guy that I've, I've pretty much played almost, if not every day that Washington was on the slate. And He's been absolutely crushing value. Uh, he, he's sharing minutes with Shabazz de Napier, of course. But again, Ishmith is the guy there that's extremely efficient and really takes advantage of, uh, of his one-on-one matchups. Typically, I would like him to come off the bench here, surprisingly. Uh, I, I know a lot of guys in NBA DFS like to target starters mostly. But um, if Ish is coming off the bench and seeing uh, guys like Alec Burks and, and, and backups on Philadelphia, 
I much rather that matchup than uh, than have him going up against. I mean, Shake Milton is no uh, no excellent mm-hmm. defender, but of course, if Ben Simmons uh, switches onto him, that would be uh, a massive issue. I, I don't foresee that happening. Ben Simmons is uh, is much bigger than Ishmael, so it would kind of be a, a waste of Ben Simmons on uh, on the defensive end of the court. But I rather not take that chance. I rather have Ishmael coming off the bench. But even if he is starting, I do prefer him to uh, to Shabazz Napier. Simply not only because of price. I mean, six hundred dollars is not that much of a difference, but it's more so about efficiency. And uh, he, he's a guy that that uh, that plays. I, I don't want to say he plays similarly to Russell Westbrook. I do not want to put Ish Smith into the category of Russell Westbrook. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But uh, my my point that I'm about to make is that Ish Smith is a guard that that dishes the rock. He could score, and most importantly, he could rebound. So uh, it's uh, it's something that's extremely key to our success in NBA DFS. Ish Smith is going to be the value play that I want to point out here in this game. I love it, man. I love it. I mean, yeah, especially if you're going to pay up for Joel Embiid, you're going to have to find a bunch of value all over the place uh, and, and really need to pay down in a couple different spots. So that is the Philly-Washington game. We'll see how that one goes. We'll now move over to the Denver-San Antonio game. Let's see. I don't think we have a line for this one. Let me just check. We do not. I don't so believe I think we're waiting yeah, it's on, not out yet. Yeah. We're waiting on a couple in, uh, a couple uh, pieces of injury news on the Denver front. Uh, a couple guys still out. We'll see what exactly happens there. So, I mean, not knowing the line, not knowing the over-under, I'm sure there's still a couple dudes in this game that you're liking, especially considering San Antonio has been putting up some points here in the bubble, which I think is a little surprising to some people that watch yeah. NBA. I mean, you know, they're not really a three uh, shooting three kind of team, but, man, they just put up 130 points the other night and lost on a three-pointer, um, a dagger. By Shake Milton, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, talk to me a little bit about this game. I mean, Denver's looked real weird so far. um, And San Antonio has as well, just in the opposite direction. So how are you considering this game? How many players and and, and where are you looking to grab some guys? Um, I I was kind of surprised to see, uh, given Denver's rotation, I I thought they would take it more of a a cautious approach with Nikola Jokic, Jokic, to say the least. But uh, it seems like they're they're essentially running this guy into the ground, trying to pick up some wins here. And he's a guy that's sitting at 9,700. I, I wouldn't mind pivoting off MP, depending on who's drawing more ownership uh, as we get closer to lock here. Uh, Nikola Ocic is a guy that he, he's a triple-double threat. Every time he, he takes the court, um, he, he could pass better than uh, most point guards in the league, let alone uh, and he, he's the best passing big man in the league, that's for sure. But um, he's a guy that, that that would be a great pivot off, off somebody like Joel Embiid. So if you're a player that enters multiple lines, not not even necessarily one of those 150 max tournaments, but even if you're going into a three max, uh, I'm 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 completely cool with running, uh, let's say, two Joel Embiid and one Jokic, uh, one Embiid, one Jokic, and one non uh, Embiid slash Jokic lineups. Uh, something to that manner is uh, is definitely something that's that's going to be interesting tomorrow, uh, specifically on DraftKings, given their uh their proximity and prices and you do get uh the 700 dollars savings there uh with Jokic over uh Embiid um another player that's going to be popular probably given his latest outburst is Michael Porter Jr. he is uh he's a guy that's extremely talented one of the most uh highly touted prospects uh coming out of uh college uh coming out of high school and college and whatnot so um he slipped into the draft to Denver I thought that was an excellent pick on draft day and he's a guy that I'm hoping next season actually comes back fully healthy and we could get a full 82 games out of, out of MPJ. But in this spot here at 6,200, it's a little more expensive than what I'm comfortable paying for. Um, 
you know, over on Fanduel, we we're not going to be covering Fanduel today. But when when he went off, when he went off in in their last game, he was sitting there at forty one hundred in a spot like that. I mean, it makes sense to take a shot on him. And uh, I feel like nearly the entire industry was frustrated because when everyone was on him in the first game, he uh, he not only got he got into a fight with the coach. I mean, not not a physical fight, but they got into uh, into some verbal altercations there on the sideline and. Uh, it didn't look too pretty. He was, his shots weren't knocking down, and uh, ultimately he took down uh, a lot of lineups and dragged them down throughout the day. And then when the industry kind of comes off him, he ends up uh, doing what he did last game, right? So um, I feel like people are going to take the uh, wait-and-see approach here with Michael Porter Jr., uh, kind of play him here and there sporadically, but I'm, uh, I'm most likely going to be underweight uh, compared to the field. Um, the the key injury news that we're waiting for here is Jamal Murray, and I feel like that's why we don't have the over under yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Barton and Gary Harris are both uh, already ruled out, uh, dealing with some serious injuries there, and they they probably want to keep them healthy for uh, for playoffs as much as possible. And I feel like Denver would take the cautious side here and continue to sit out Jamal Murray, uh, like like we were speaking about before we got on here, is that uh, he 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 did feel a pop in his hamstring and. Mm-hmm. He, he was struggling walking around and limping around uh, and shoot around, right? So um, if he sits out, you can go back to these value guards. If we scroll down, uh, we have guys like uh, Monte Morris, uh, guys like Craig, uh, players of that manner, and and even Jeremy Grant. If if you're not an MPJ believer, it means Jeremy Grant's going to get uh, some more minutes, right? So mm-hmm. um, Denver value and, and San Antonio value, just the same too, given both teams' thin rotations, are, are something that's going to be interesting here. Um, but given the pace of this game, uh, my, my, my top target would most likely be Nikola Jokic. And then uh, I'll probably have uh, some, uh, some sprinkles, if I could put it that way, of, uh, of both San Antonio value and Denver value. My top plays being, uh, like we just said, Jeremy Grant, uh, Craig, and uh, from the San Antonio side, uh, you can go back to a guy like Keldon Johnson, uh, who who should be continuing to see a, a ton of minutes on the wing there, along with uh, Lonnie Walker, of course. A little Lonnie Walker as well. And yeah, again, I mean, this, you know, starting this build out a little bit, it definitely leaves you with some room room to play with in those last couple of players, depending on who you want to put in there. And I think that's the most important part of this game. Yeah, I, I, we do have to wait for that injury news. And that's always the thing about NBA DFS. You have to be in front of your computer when that news comes out because that will affect your lineup. And the nice thing about DraftKings is they are allowing us to do a lot of late swap, which means if you put that lineup in in time for the 230 game, and you have someone like Jamal Murray in, or you don't, and then you see he, he is going to be healthy, you then can go back and fix some of that and put that in as well, which I think is very important. Um, so let's move on to this 6.30 game. Another game we do not have a line or total for. It is the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Los Angeles Lakers, who have just clinched the number one seed as of yesterday, two days ago, whenever that was, when they played the Jazz and... Um, they actually screwed with one of our bets. All they had to do was take that layup. We would have won some more money, but it is what it is. I'm not too. I'm not too angry about it. So looking at this slate, uh, we don't really know a if or b how much any of these Lakers starters are going to play. Namely, obviously LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, I don't know, man. This this seems like a spot where I'm not going to try and take too many Lakers. Definitely going to be on the Thunder a little bit more, considering what Chris Paul and and SGA have been able to do recently, which has been a lot of fun to watch. But uh, you tell me, you're the expert, man. I'm just here to have a good time. Um, you know what? How do you feel about this game, and where are you looking for um, some of those plays to come from? No, I uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know what I mean? So um, 
right at the top, you have two of, if not the two best players in the league right there and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to be underweight to say the least on both of them, but at the same time, it does present a leverage spot in, uh, in those large field tournaments where if you want to take a risk on, uh, on, on one of your entries to say, Hey, what if LeBron actually does get a full 36 and, uh, and he breaks the slate, I'm all for it. But uh, in, in your main lineups in, in three max tournaments and single entries, uh, I'm, I'm going to be staying away from, uh, from both of them simply because, um, I, I, I see this playing out into two scenarios. Um, number one would be, we get the news well before lock and that one, or if not both of them are going to be sitting out due to, uh, quote unquote load management. But of course it's NBA DFS and we all know we are not going to get that news before lock and it's the Lakers who. If they play at 6.30 Eastern, they somehow find a way to release their lineup at 7.30 p.m. Eastern because they do not want us to play them in NBA DFS, right? So uh, I feel like it's going to be scenario number two where that um, if, if they are ruled out after lock, I mean, obviously there's nothing we could do about it after late swap. So that's where that, uh, where both of them, feeding both of them in, in virtually almost every entry is, uh, it comes into play. But if they do end up playing, I, I could kind of see uh, a Milwaukee Giannis situation where uh, both him and Chris Middleton and just ended up sitting out the second half. I mean, Giannis was going to work simply because uh, Brooklyn somehow stayed in that game and actually ended up winning. But uh, so Giannis got to see more minutes and uh, he didn't do too, too bad for a guy considering he only played one half. But um, I could definitely see LeBron or Anthony Davis or even both either number one sitting out this game altogether or simply playing uh maybe 15 to 20 minutes uh, just to stay fresh and then uh, sitting on the bench kind of uh, encouraging uh, their teammates on the sidelines. So I'll be looking elsewhere uh, other than this game. Um, a couple OKC guys do interest me. Um, Chris Paul is a tad expensive uh, for my liking, similarly what I was saying with Jean Morant. Um, uh, Chris Paul is even more so affected by that in the sense that uh, he doesn't score as much as he used to earlier in, in his career. He's more of a of a facilitator out there and more of a uh, distributor with uh, with SGA dominating that backcourt, mm -hmm. of course. Um, so 8,000 is a little bit much to pay for Chris Paul. But again, most people are going to be thinking that, right? So uh, it does present itself as a decent leverage spot uh, when, when you're multi-entering or even in a three max, you know what I mean? Why, why not take at least one and throw it on Chris Paul? And for all those people that, uh, that love narratives out there in NBA DFS, we all know... Uh, the industry loves uh, us a nice narrative. Chris Paul does have the banana boat crew uh, mm -hmm. connection to LeBron, right? So, what better uh, what what better way than to wake up to a gift the next morning with uh, with LeBron cheering on Chris Paul, right? So, you could definitely uh, you could definitely sprinkle in some Chris Paul. He's definitely not going to be in my main lineup, but uh, if you want to take a shot or two, I'm all for it. Um, if LeBron and AD both sit out, SGA is going to be a guy that I'm uh, going to target heavily, uh, along with, uh, Gallinari. Um, the Lakers play very stout defense. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league, along with Milwaukee, who, uh, very possibly could see each other in the NBA finals. But, um, if, if both AD and LeBron are sitting out, uh, SGA and Gallo are going to have, uh, way more room than, uh, than they anticipated to, uh, to, to put up some some points and they're not overly priced SGA sitting at 6700 is is something that really jumps out to me and Gallo a little uh, a, a little much less so but he's a guy that's uh, that's a very streaky shooter um, if he gets hot from deep and 
this this game ends up turning to uh, Danny Green and Dion Waiters kind of waving their arms in the air, pretending like they're playing defense. Uh, get Gallo could kind of run to the corner and just uh, start dropping threes like there's no tomorrow, right? So um, SGA would be my target in this game if and only if LeBron and Anthony Davis are sitting out. And uh, Gallo would be more of a uh, MME play in those kind of 150 uh, max tournaments. Um, down towards the value, if LeBron sits out, someone's got to play point guard. I mean, uh, already, they're, with no disrespect to Alex Caruso, they're pretty much without a true point guard on the roster right now. I feel like the closest thing they have to a point guard without LeBron is probably Rajon Rondo, but of course, he's out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of these guys is going to have to run point, and it really wouldn't surprise me to see Dion Waiters uh, sitting there at 3,500 kind of uh, show off his skills and not only let the Lakers know that they made the right move by signing him, but kind of uh, prepare himself to be uh, a little bit more involved in the rotation in the playoffs than than what I think the Lakers front office were thinking when they signed him, right? So um, he's by far playing better than J.R. Smith, and uh, he's been getting a lot more touches, uh, touches, more usage, and he's seeing arguably double, if not more, minutes than uh, than J.R. Smith is. Deion Waiters is a guy that if LeBron sits out, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him slot into the starting lineup and uh, and 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 do some work here for for our NBA DFS lineups. I love it, man. I love it. And yeah, I mean, somebody has to play point guard if it's not LeBron. We know he pretty much runs that team. And again, no disrespect to Alex Caruso. He made an incredible play against the Clippers the other night. But uh, not quite the guy that we're going to put all our eggs in that basket. Uh, Moving on to the Toronto Orlando game. Uh, Let us see. Let us see here. There is. Yes, we do have a spread. Toronto minus five with an over under of 224. So not super, super high. We've seen a couple more already on this slate that are a little bit higher than that 224.5. But um, quickly here, Ghost Man, give me a couple plays from this game because uh, that Brooklyn-Boston game, that's the one I might want. No, I'm kidding. Let's talk about this game. What do you got for me, man? Um, as of right now, I'm not going to be looking at this game all that much. Uh, I, being in Canada, I watch a ton of Raptors games, if not all of them, and uh, they're a team that doesn't necessarily push the pace, if I could, uh, if I could say so. Um, they they can match up against teams like uh, like the Pelicans who who really like to play fast and Memphis that we mentioned earlier and they can match up with a style like that but if they're playing their style of game they're they're not going to really run up and down the court with guys like Marcus Sol and Serge Ibaka of course mm-hmm. right so uh, Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry can still get up and down there pretty quick and and OG Anunobi is uh, a, a severely underrated player in transition and and as a three and D wing but. Playing against Orlando, who also likes to play slowly, um, th- this over/under is is high um, compared to the season. I mean, it, it's relatively low for for NBA bubble season, but yeah, right. uh, but um, for for a typical Toronto Orlando game, you if, if this was in the month of uh, January, you probably would have seen this game being uh, rather than being at two twenty four and a half, two twenty five and a half, depending on which book you're using, it would have most likely been closer to the two ten mark, right? So. We can't necessarily forget that either. Um, we can't just think every game in the NBA bubble is going to be like like what it's being right now. And their prices are high, man. Like just just looking at the the, the top three targets, and I'm I'm going to throw in a fourth in there just because I love what Fred Van Vliet does on the court every single time he takes it. But Siakam at 88, Kyle Lowry at 84, Vooch at 81, and Van Vliet at 77. Those are those are some really steep prices to pay, considering. Mm-hmm. I mean. Think about what we said with Jean Morant being expensive at eight thousand. Do I really want to pay nearly nine for Pascal Siakam? 
Uh, right now, I'm not comfortable in doing so. Uh, I, I'd much rather, uh, if, if you're looking at the two main guards in this game, it would be Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet. Uh, give me Donovan Mitchell and his matchup against Memphis for 200 or even more or even more cheaper than uh, than Kyle Lowry. $200 cheaper than Fred Van Vliet any day of the week. I'll, uh, I'll take Donovan Mitchell on a slate like this, that's for sure. Um, guys like Aaron Gordon, uh, he, he, can, he can pop at any time, but he does have a tough matchup on the wing. Uh, whether he's facing uh, Siakam or OG, uh, Jonathan Isaac unfortunately went down yeah. with another injury that that was really sad to see. I'm a big Jonathan Isaac fan, so Aaron Gordon's the man on the wing now, and he's drawing all the attention, right? So, uh, depending on who uh, Nick Nurse wants to put on him, whether it's Siakam or OG, uh, he'll get the matchup uh, that he wants out of that, and that that usually leads to Aaron Gordon throwing up a dud, right? So at 7,200, Aaron Gordon is not really in my player pool as of right now. Of course, things can change tomorrow. But uh, right now, uh, he's not somebody that I'm too interested in. Even if you look at uh, the value plays here, uh, Evan Fournier is probably the guy that sticks out in that uh, 5,500 range uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's extremely volatile, right? So uh, he's somebody that, uh, if, if you look at what he did in his last game, it was an extreme dud, whereas other games he could put up 40 plus, right? So uh, he's somebody that I'm not too interested in uh, as of right now. Neither am I interested in guys like Barcasol or Serge Ibaka. Yeah, it, it, this seems like a game that we're going to fade a little bit. Um, again, pay attention to the news because you never know who's going to be in, who's going to be out. That will affect things. So also make sure to hop into the Wind Daily Esports Discord because we talk about all of it over there. We help you with your roster construction. We help you make a lot of money now moving on to this final game we have the brooklyn nets who just defeated the milwaukee bucks i bet everybody had that uh, up against the boston celtics there is no spread there is no line to this game yet but if uh, i'm a betting man which i am i think it's going to be still very uh, heavy into the uh, boston favor on this one so uh looking at this one where where are we looking how do you feel about jason tatum uh is there any other plays here? Are you going to try and wait and see what the rest of the Nets lineup comes out? Are you going to play any of the Nets ever? How do you feel about this one, Ghost? I mean, uh, I, I was talking to the guys in Discord as usual. I was uh, I was in there virtually all morning, and I was pretty much telling them I, I, I feel like the broken Nets were a trap. And, uh, I mean, they they did okay. They weren't a complete bust, but uh, guys like Karooks and, uh, and other players who were drawing in at – 30 40 50 60 plus percent ownership i was like man uh that's a that's a hard fade for me and and so far uh so far so good looking at my lineups right now they're they're guys that were extremely high owned and uh they they, they did okay they they hit five times their value some hit to six and i pretty much told the guys to make sure that the main piece that you want there is probably a guy like uh like tlc and he actually ended up being uh, the best play of the bunch for us. So, game, yeah. um, if you're if, if you're looking on a team like Brooklyn, where they're virtually playing, uh, I don't really know how to put this lightly, but uh, they're they're playing a, a team of some lesser known players. I guess we could put it that way politely. Very nice. Very um, nice. Ghost. Uh, you 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 don't want to necessarily go all in. Uh, let's not forget that these guys are not in an NBA rotation for a reason. Um, so <laughs> don't go overly crazy with the value that's over there. And to be honest with you, I don't really define them as a value when you have guys like, uh, like Johnson sitting at 6,100, that to me is not a value play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you have, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's by far not one of my favorite plays, uh, on the slate, but if you look at Marcus smart, that's only $400 cheaper. I would rather take Marcus smart in a DFS lineup for $400 more than Johnson, uh, on any given day. Right. So. 
Um, I'm going to be preaching the same message here. Do not go overly crazy with this Brooklyn value, no matter who they're playing. Um, Boston is going to be on a back-to-back, right? So uh, expect them to be uh, not necessarily exhausted. I mean, these guys haven't played in who knows how many months. So uh, on on one hand, you can make the argument that they're slightly out of shape. But on the other hand, you could say that they're well-rested, right? So, and uh, their team is fairly young, right? So Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, even uh, Gordon Hayward's getting up there, but he's not, uh, he's not exactly 45 years old. You know what I mean? So, um, Boston, uh, they, they are coming on a back to back, but it's not like they're going to be, uh, absolutely gassed. That being said, Brooklyn is somebody that I'm going to take the wait and see approach. And thankfully it's the last game on the slate mm-hmm. because we have the luxury of, of late swap on, on both of our favorite sites, uh, of course. So, um, just, just wait and see that that would be the advice that I could say, um, just to give a bit of an injury update. Of course, we'll, we'll be getting more details throughout the day, but, um, I would expect Karis Levert to play here. Um, they said that he was out for rest, and then they quickly changed that to a, mm-hmm. to an injury uh, term right away. But I feel like uh, they needed to do that in case he wanted to sit out a second game. Uh, I feel like they're pretty much going to knock on his hotel room and say, hey, do you feel like playing today? Uh, they're going to take that kind of approach with them uh, locked out of playoffs and basically waiting to go home to their families. Um, a guy like Joe Harris is, is, is actually injured, so uh, it, it's possible that Joe Harris is in play. Mm-hmm. But Jaron Allen was a guy that, that was sat out purely for rest. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets did not hide that. So uh, if there's one out of the three that I'd be uh, not necessarily extremely confident, but the, the most confident in saying that he will play, that would be Jaron Allen. And if he does, I, I, I absolutely do not mind being overweight on Jared Allen compared to the field. Um, at 5,400, he's going to get... Uh, virtually every single touch, every single usage percentage that he can uh, with the roster, the the shape that it's in right now. And he would be the guy that I'm targeting uh, from Brooklyn. And over on Boston, um, Kemba, Walker, Kemba Walker did see his minutes rise gradually throughout the games. Uh, he started out at around 15 to 17 minute restrictions. Then he went up to 21, 22. And then uh, we saw in their last game, he... Uh, he went up to around 25 to 30 uh, in, in terms of what they announced before lock, right? So um, given that they're on a back-to-back, I feel like they're going to be precautious with them. I don't say, mm-hmm. I, I don't foresee them saying, okay, we've taken a bigger step every game. Now he's ready for a full 36, uh, especially on a back-to-back. So uh, a guy like Marcus Smart is someone that's going to see more minutes. Uh, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum all see usage bumps, right? So um, I, I, I can see someone targeting uh, one of the Boston guys. Uh, personally, I would go with one of Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward, depending on how your lineup construction works. If you need a forward, you go with Gordon Hayward. If you need a guard, you could go with Jalen Brown. Uh, Tatum is a little bit expensive uh, for my liking in this game. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I love it. And that that's a breakdown. And that's why we have Ghost come in and he gives us the, all the information. He gives us all the news and we appreciate the hell out of him. Ghost, where can everybody find you on the internet? At DFS underscore ghost uh, on Twitter. And of course, over at Wind Daily Sports in our Discord channel, hopping around everywhere. You guys can find us all there. Hopping around the Discord channel. Make sure to go to winddailysports.com if you want to win some money with us with sports betting with Daily Fantasy Sports. As you just heard over the last half hour, Ghost knows what the hell he's talking about. And that Kelly Olenek play just keeps looking better and better and better. And actually, I'm trying not to watch yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, man. We'll see what really happens. Well. But make really sure well. come to winddailysports.com backslash learn daily. We'll give you a three day free trial to everything. You get Discord, you get the articles, you get Ghost's projection model here for the NBA as well as all of our other stuff. But we're here to help you. You can find me at Michael Raziel one on Twitter. Make sure to follow us at Wind Daily Sports. Again, winddailysports.com backslash learn daily for three 
free days. So thank you all very much. And we hope you make it a very profitable NBA night.